Yeah, they, they kind of are intertwined together, yeah. Yeah, and I said, you know, because she just starts to panic. Yes. It's hard. But but that's complete trust in who he is. Lord, you're gonna work this out. <laughs> hmm? James one, uh, three and four. So let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, wanting nothing but who God is, wanting nothing but his leading and his guiding. Uh, and he has to bring all of us to that place. You know, we think it's just for us in the New Testament because it's in the book of James, but Joshua had to go through the same thing. Uh, I'm going to want nothing, Lord, but what you have for me. So help me to trust you. And he's the leader of the nation. People are looking to him for, for wisdom. People are looking to him for understanding, for direction. Uh, and he has to sit before the Lord and get that before he can give it out. Uh, so uh, uh, also in, in this, uh, the seventh day, uh, the wall's going to fall down. They're all going to shout, uh, that victory shout that's going to come. And the walls, it says they're going to fall down flat. They're not going to fall sideways. They're not going to fall uh, and just crumble all over the place. Some go in, some go out, because then the people of Israel would get hurt as they're standing outside of the city. He said they're going to fall down flat. <laughs> Only God can do that. <laughs> we try and do it with explosions, and we try and implode a building, and sometimes it works. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and there's casualties, uh, but God can do it without the explosives. He can do things that, that we can't even think of. Yeah. A great example of that is in Nehemiah when he went to Jerusalem. He was going to rebuild the city and the wall, and he was on a horse. And it says that he had to get off the horse because he couldn't get through on his mount. Mm -hmm. It was so devastated, and the debris was so bad. Mm -hmm. um, and that was man doing yeah, yeah, just all over the place. But one, one interesting thing at the end of verse 5 here, it says, uh, And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Uh, and to me, it just really spoke to me is I, I need to go straight on the path that God has given me. I can't go into somebody else's path. I, I can't go in the place of somebody else where somebody else is supposed to be uh, because they have a gift for that place that I don't have. Uh, and I have a gift in that place where I am that, that others aren't going to have. But we need to go straight in our path with him and not try and take over somebody else's path. <laughs> and who's to say whose path is whose? All these people surrounding the city, and yet God's got a place for each and every one of them, but they're supposed to go up straight. 
not to cross over to the other side because it looks better on the other side, not to cross over. Well, I, I've got a wall here that's bigger than your wall. You've got a gate. At least you can get through the gate. You know, we come up with all these excuses as to why we want to go somewhere else. And God says, I just want you to go straight before me because this is the path I've laid out for you. It's a straight path. You know, you want to cross over and, and make a U-turn and go somewhere else. And it's just, why go through all that trouble? Just go straight. <laughs> Save some gas. Just go straight. <laughs> you know, don't mess up, especially at $5 a gallon. Come on. Uh, go straight up. And to me, it just really spoke to me is how many times I've just you know, swerved around and gone around and tried to get into somebody else's path and do something like somebody else or be somebody else. He says, I, I've made you in this place and I've set you right there in that place. Just go straight. Don't keep trying to swerve. Don't keep looking at somebody else's place. Go up in your own. Uh, and just what a wonderful uh, thing that is that the Lord knows what's best for us. And as he puts us in those places, it's for his purposes. And it's his way. Um, and so uh, those walls that are there, uh, and people build walls all the time. We have walls of hurt. We have walls of bitterness. We have walls of anger. We have walls of jealousy. Uh, we've got all different kinds of walls that, that God just wants to break down. And yet so many times we, we want everybody else's walls to break down, but we want to keep ours. Well, I got to protect myself now. No, you don't. God will be your protector. <laughs> and it's just, oh, <laughs> it's hard because we want to protect ourselves. That's the natural man working. Uh, and so we, we can justify it all we want. It doesn't make it right, but we can justify it all we want. But if we really, truly want the best that the Lord has for us, we'll let those walls be broken down and then go straight up. Because otherwise, if you're still holding onto a wall, you can't get over a wall if you got a wall yourself. <laughs> uh, it's real hard and cumbersome to break through. Let those walls be broken. Go straight up. And so Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark. And we're going to see the ark mentioned seven times in these six verses, these next six verses. So he says, Take up the ark of the covenant. Let the seven priests... So we got seven times of the ark, we got seven priests, we got seven trumpets. <laughs> uh, a lot of sevens going on, which you know is the number of completion, uh, of number of perfection, uh, just the perfect balance that God has for his people. It wasn't somebody else that could come up with an eighth horn. Uh, it's, I've got seven horns, I've got seven priests, I've already chosen them, don't try and take their place. And he said to the people, Pass on, encompass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass that when Joshua had spoken to the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord, and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. Uh, the presence of the Lord just coming along with them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets, and the rear reward uh, came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth. Until the day that I bid you shout, then you shall shout. 
So, uh, and again, back in, in the book of James, uh, chapter 3, <laughs> uh, we see it again, uh, verses 5 and 6, uh, about our tongue here. He says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter uh, a little faith, uh, a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members. And it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. <laughs> Just as Joshua here tells him uh, not to say a word, not to speak, not to let the tongue get in the way, uh, not to murmur or complain about it. And so first we have this impossible situation. We have the patience that the Lord wants to work into our hearts. And then we have the discipline that we don't have to say anything when God is working. And sometimes he tells us to be quiet, which is amazing because we always think we have to have our mouths open. <laughs> but sometimes he tells us, no, I don't want you to talk. I don't want you to say a word. You don't have to say anything this time. And, and so it's real important for us to be in that place of listening to the urging of the Holy Spirit. Not to be in that place where we think we have to say something, but listening to the Holy Spirit, whether he wants us to say something. It may be he's doing another work that the other person has to go through before they can get to the end of themselves and give it over. And all we're going to do by talking is getting in the way, even though we have all these religious terms and this great theology down pat and we give it to them, nothing's going to happen unless the Holy Spirit's in it. And so sometimes we just get in the way. And he still loves us. It isn't that he doesn't love us. We just bind things up for a while. <laughs> and we get bound up ourselves because then we get frustrated. Well, God, you're not working. You told me to go talk to him, and here I am talking, and nothing's happening. He said, I never told you to talk. <laughs> ah, so we really have to pay attention to what the Lord is doing. And that means every day, every moment. And boy, that's hard sometimes because we want to tell people. And it's a wonderful thing to tell people, but it's only by his leading. If he's not leading us there, then we're shutting out somebody else who is supposed to be led there. We're not going up straight. We're going crooked again. <laughs> my job, my job. It's not our job at all. It's his job. So he says, tell them, be disciplined uh, in your walk with me. And in, isn't he great? teaching the people because what did they do all the way through the wilderness they murmured and they complained and he says how about trying to be quiet just for just for seven times around the castle <laughs> lord really <laughs> i got so much to say i don't like the clothes in that person in front of me i don't like the way he's holding his spear i could tell him a better way to do it he says just be quiet all the way around pay attention to me in the midst of it because I don't want a word said. You know, and at the end, they're going to shout, the wall's going to fall down. Do you think if they're talking, would have disrupted what God was going to do with the wall? Just, I don't know. But there's something in there that they had to be quiet. They had to learn that discipline so that when they did shout, when that victory shout did come, the wall was in a perfect place where it could come down perfectly because they had paid so much attention on the way through. <laughs> so the discipline, 
Uh, just following through. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city going about at once, and they came uh, into the camp and lodged in the camp. And J Joshua rose early in the morning, uh, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went, went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. Uh, but the rear reward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. So all these things are going on. Uh, and it says, In the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. Uh, uh, so they did it six days. Uh, interesting, it, it tells us this in, in Zechariah uh, chapter 4, verse 6. It says, uh, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So the same thing that's going on here uh, with Zechariah is the same thing that's going on with Joshua and the people. It's not your might. It's not how strong you are. It's not how loud you can shout. It's my spirit. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by my spirit. It's always by my spirit. It's always the way that I work. Uh, he, he works through natural man, but he does it by the working of his spirit in that man. Uh, just a, an interesting thing that, that just continues on. And then he says this in, in Zechariah 14, uh, 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 verse 3. Uh, it says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. When did the Lord fight in the battle? way back here in Joshua. So as you tie those, those things together, you, you realize that, that God fights our battles. And, and it tells us uh, in Scripture that the Lord is going to be the one that fights our battles for us. He's going he's gonna to help us. He's going to enable us. He's going to train us. He's going to show us the ways that we need to go. And sometimes we just need to sit still and let the Lord fight the battle for us. And other times he tells us to be involved. Other times to just stand still and see the victory of the Lord. But it's always by His Spirit. It's always by His way. And so we just uh, end up more and more, I think, is in our walk with the Lord, ending up in that place where we just trust Him no matter what He says. We trust Him no matter what is going on around us. It, it's... We're in strange times, and all we can do sometimes is we see the laws being passed, as we see uh, the things that are going on in the world, and we get so frustrated with it in our flesh, and he says, just calm down. This, this world is going exactly the way I know it is. It's not out of control. I still have control. So you don't have to be frustrated. Just let it go and let me do in this world what I'm going to do. Certainly we want to be witnesses. We, we want to be that uh, influence in the world that the Lord has for us, but we, we can't change the course of what God is doing. Uh, and if he's allowing these things to go on, it's not because we don't have any power or influence. We do, but it's in individuals' lives. It's not over countries. Uh, our country's under judgment right now, I believe. Uh, and, and I could pray from now till... Uh, the end of Revelation and never change America's destiny <laughs> because God has a plan and I don't want my plan to influence God's plan because I can't uh, but I want his plan to influence me and isn't that what prayer is all about 
prayer is not so that we can change God's mind. It's so he can change our hearts. And so as we look to him and we just see what he, what he has for us, uh, we're just amazed. And Joshua, I'm sure, is just looking at this going, this does not seem to be a battle that's going well. I mean, all, all we're doing is walking around and then sitting down, walking around and sitting down. And that's not a battle that I thought would ever come to pass. And God just ministering to him, bringing discipline, bringing his spirit into his life, just to show him that this battle is mine and it's going to be done my way. If you trust me, then continue on with what I've told you. If you don't trust me, that's up to you, but you aren't going to get the victory that you were thinking you were going to get. And sometimes that happens in our own lives too. We, we just want to change God's direction and things and work first before he, he gets there. Uh, and that's always out of order. Uh, so they, they came to pass on the seventh day, in verse 15, that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. Uh, uh, and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout. Uh, get that screech out. You've been shut up for seven days, now shout. Get it all out at once. For the Lord has given you the city. He's already given it to you. It's already come to pass. You don't have to work on it. Uh, it's already there. It's already uh, accomplished because God has already done it. Even though it hasn't come to pass yet, God's already done it. In his mind, it's already a done deal. He knows. Uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, and you know the hall of faith, uh, it says in verse 30 of chapter 11, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. <laughs> By faith. It was the faith that God had given the people, the faith that they had come to trust the Lord with. By faith the walls fell down. And it's always by faith that our walls fall down. God, you said, if I could get rid of this burden that's in my life, if I could get rid of this jealousy, if I could get rid of this frustration, that my life would be made free. And yet, Lord, I'm not free because I'm still so jealous. I'm still so angry at things. I hold these hurts close to my heart. I don't let them go. And he says, it's only going to go by faith in the discipline that I give you. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. After what God had told them, that's when it happened. <laughs> uh, just, just an amazing thing uh, of what God can do and we can't. Uh, in the city, uh, it says in verse 17, shall be accursed. Uh, it was already cursed. Notice it's past tense. It's already cursed. Uh, and the result of it, we're going to see. The city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, uh, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. Isn't it amazing that out of the whole city, he spares a harlot? And we think God doesn't love every type of people. <laughs> Wrong. So sad. We were looking last night in the Gospel of Mark, and uh, Jesus comes through, and, and blind Bartimaeus is there. Uh, uh, and when Bartimaeus cried out, because can you imagine all the people that are crying out for Jesus' attention? And blind Bartimaeus cries out, 
and Jesus had said, stood still, because he heard the voice of somebody in need that was coming to salvation, that was coming to love him. He stood still. For a man that the world despised, he was in beggar's clothes because he's sitting by the side of the road with his can waiting for money. People would just walk by him and just disdain him and not talk to him, not be with him, not encourage him. But Jesus stood still. I know that voice. That's blind Bart. Blind Bart. I'm, I'm here for him. I'm going to love him. And we think, well, God can't love me. I'm too worthless. Oh, you're more worthless than a blind man that's a beggar that has nothing but dirty clothes and can't see. Mm. And yet the scribes and Pharisees were around him and they could see, but they didn't even realize what blind Bartimaeus realized. That Jesus, you're the son of David. You're the Messiah. <laughs> Blew the religious community right apart. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Rahab is doing. And notice too, out of the whole city, she is the only one standing against the whole city by being a Christian. She's the only one in the whole city that's a Christian. She's the only one believing in the Lord. All the rest of them are afraid, but they haven't come to faith. They all had the same opportunity She's the only one that made an advancement. She's, got, she's covered in the blood, the scarlet cord hung out the window. And the Lord knows where she is. Now, tell me how you do this. You make the wall fall down flat, but she comes out alive. How do you do that? <laughs> they can't plan that when they're doing implosions on buildings in the city. You don't keep people inside. You go out and clear everybody out because you know they're going to die. But God goes, well, I can implode this city, and she's going to come out alive. <sighs> really? <laughs> That's how much love God has for his people, that he can bring them through dangerous situations and make them whole. And not only to make them whole, but it tells us in, in Hebrews chapter 11 again that, that she became in the line of David. Uh, she was such an important person in the Lord's life. Ah, and those that the world despises are the ones that God loves. Except we get despised even more than now that we are Christians, right? <laughs> the persecution is there, but that's all right. Uh, only Rahab the harlot shall live. She's against the whole city. She and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you in any wise... Uh, keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Uh, and we know that's not going to happen, but uh, the warning is there. Uh, and isn't it amazing that the Lord always gives warning before things happen? Achan knew he wasn't supposed to take that because the Lord had already told the people, don't touch the accursed things. And he did. Not only did he touch it, but he embraced it. Mm. don't embrace those things that God says don't embrace keep yourselves from the accursed thing lest you make yourself accursed and, and Achan was cursed wasn't he and when you shall take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it 
but all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated to the Lord. Uh, they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the first fruits always go to the Lord, don't they? Hmm. Uh, it, it's something that, that God has, not because he needs it, but just to bring that discipline to our lives of knowing that, Lord, the first fruits are yours. The first time of my day is for you. The, the first income that I have is for you. The first fruits of my crops are for you. Uh, just for that discipline and for our heart to be in that place of knowing that God comes first. Now, it isn't that he needs it. Uh, he can do without it. He, he's complete in and of himself, but it's for us. We need to know how to do that. Remember, the people of Israel were slaves. They've come out, but what did they do before they came out? They, they took all the jewels and all the stuff from the Egyptians. <laughs> And, and so all of a sudden, these, these people, this generation that's coming up is used to having stuff. And now God says, when you come in, I want you to give me the first fruits. And for them, it's got to be a hard thing. What do you mean? We're, do, we, we're doing the victory. We're walking over the wall, Lord. Come on. <laughs> we deserve something. And he says, you've got me. Is that going to be enough for you? And I'll provide for you all the way through. Oh, so they're learning too. Isn't it amazing that we keep learning and we think, you know, after we get saved, well, after a couple of years, we should be good. We, we should be these perfect Christians. And then we realize as he shows us our hearts that we're not even close. In fact, I feel worse about myself now than I did 40 years ago. <laughs> just, Lord, I was better off then when I didn't know anything. Now I think I know something and I'm worse off. <laughs> I just don't do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so all the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. There it is again. And they took the city. Can you imagine if they all went crossways and didn't go straight into the city, would they have taken the city? Hmm, you wonder. Obedience is better than sacrifice. To obey is in that place that God has for us. So they obeyed and they did it. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. And we think, man, that's terrible. What a terrible thing to do. But that's how much God hates sin, and that's how much God knows when the sin is complete in a person's life that he can then come and take them and have them destroyed because they're never going to come to salvation. And the sin of Jericho was complete, just like he held Israel out until the sin in the land of Canaan was complete before he sent the people of Israel in to take the land. The sin was complete. And it doesn't matter where, whether we call ourselves Christians or not, because remember after Israel got in and they started worshiping idols instead of the true and the living God, he was no respecter of persons. Just by, because you're called by my name doesn't mean you're doing right. So he sends Assyria in Babylon to come in and take Israel because they had sinned against him. 
So it isn't, doesn't matter if we're called by Christian name. <laughs> if we're not acting like it, he's going to take care of things. The sin was full and they had to destroy every part of it or else it was going to influence their lives. And sometimes he'll take things away from us, not because they're necessarily bad uh, in, in the sense of being inherently bad, but they're, they're bad for us. And he'll make sure those things are out of our life so that we don't have those things to inhibit us and to keep us from the best. And the best is walking with the Lord. And he knows those things are going to keep us from walking with him. And so he has to slay those things. Yes, Indy. see that even later on in Joshua because these first things were given to him uh, because he needed to have our hearts in that place that God you're first but the battles after this they're, they're going to get to keep part of, of what was taken uh, and so God knows when to give and when to withhold <laughs> and it's good uh, and it's not for everybody it's individual uh, and, and some people get to keep a lot some people get to keep nothing, but they have everything. <laughs> it's amazing how God works. I, I can't imagine how he keeps all of us in, in track here. Uh, oh boy. Uh, verse 22. Uh, but Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, uh, Go into the harlot's house and, and bring out thence the woman in all that she hath, as you... Uh, as you swear unto her and the young men speaking of the 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 wording there is comes out that they were fairly young men maybe even teenagers that were going in to bring out this this rahab and these were were the spies that went into the land earlier uh, just to spy out the land imagine teenagers today <laughs> get off your game and get in the land <laughs> But I gotta finish this. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Get in there and do what you're supposed to do. So, so even at this young age, they became obedient and were disciplined, and were able to know where things were that that God wanted to bring out safely. So these young men that, that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had and brought them out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold, and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive, uh, and her father's household, and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers of God. The little thing that she did turns into a huge blessing for her. And we think, God, I, I never do anything big for you. This was not a huge thing, but it turned out to be a great big thing. And, and 
be faithful in the little things. Whatever you do, it tells us in Colossians, do it heartily as unto the Lord because those little things matter in a lot of people's lives and it's going to matter in your life later on because those little things as we learn discipline and we learn obedience are going to turn into great big things that we can learn later on to be the same thing, obedience and discipline in our lives that we need to have for the great big events that are coming. Hmm. Just so wonderful uh, of what God is doing. Uh, just because she hid the messengers, she gets this great big blessing of being saved alive uh, and being in the line of David, which comes through to Jesus uh, and now in heaven. And we're going to meet her one of these days soon. Uh, sooner would be better. Uh, and Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and builds this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof, and his firstborn and his youngest son shall he set up in the gates thereof. Uh, and we think, well, that's kind of a strange thing. He just destroyed the city. But people love to rebuild things. People love to take things that are broken and try and rebuild them. Uh, but if it's not in the, the bidding of the Lord, then they're doing the wrong thing. And it tells us this in 1 Kings 16, uh, uh, just, just an amazing thing. Uh, it says in, in 1634, just for time's sake, in his days, or in Ahab's days, we're in the time of Ahab, uh, who's ruling over Israel. In his days did Hiel, the Bethelite, build Jericho. He built Jericho. Even though the, the, the bidding was there from the Lord not to do it, he comes and he bit, he does it. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Through Joshua, he says, don't go in and build the city. This man does. And Joshua said, if you do it, your firstborn's going to be in the foundation. Your secondborn, your youngest, is going to be in the gates. And that's where they buried him. Isn't that amazing? As this man, not only after the first warning, and he does it, and death occurs to his firstborn, he continues on. And he, and he builds the gates and buries his youngest son. What a sad thing. The sins of the father coming to the children. And he has to watch it. He has to see it. A sad, sad thing that, that goes on. That's why it's so important for us to pay attention to the word, to all the counsel of the word and keep it before us. And not to vary from it, not to go away from it. And he finishes up the chapter and it says, So the Lord was with Joshua and the... His fame was noised throughout all the country. The Lord was with Joshua. Joshua had done what he was told, and the Lord was with him because he was obedient. Because he was in that place, the Lord stayed with him. The Lord continued to move in and through his life. Uh, and for you and I, we want that in our lives. I, I don't want the Lord to leave me now <laughs> after all these years and, and have me go through the next 20 years or whatever. Uh, without his presence, I need his presence every day. And so uh, certainly a prayer for all of us to pray for each other is that the Lord would continue with us, that we wouldn't do anything to inhibit his presence in and through our lives. So uh, 
just continue on. Don't get discouraged by the way the world is. Be encouraged because God loves you. Be encouraged because he came and he died for you. Be encouraged that he's the one that's going to never leave you or forsake you. And so hold on to that and trust that and just let the Lord do his work. Uh, Father, so much here. And uh, Lord, as we go through our days, that we would just go straight up before us, Lord, just obeying you and being led by the power of your spirit, not by how strong we are, not by how great we are, not by how much money we have to get things accomplished, but Lord, that we want to be led by your spirit. Uh, to do those things that you want, not what we want. Uh, so have your way with us, Lord. We, we need to surrender to you. We want to surrender to you and have your way in our lives. So help us with that, Lord. Uh, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for the salvation that you've given us. Thank you for the hope that we have in who you are. And thank you, Lord, that it's by your spirit. And we just trust you today and ask that you'd help us to go straight in our walk with you. And we thank you for it and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.